We have the latest on Typhoon Doksuri. The Central Weather Bureau issued a land warning at 2.30 this afternoon. The periphery of the storm could hit Taidong, Pingdong and Hunchun Peninsula, bring heavy rainfall and wind. Let's hear from a forecaster. Throughout the day tomorrow, you'll see more significant rainfall across the east coast. There will be localized heavy or extremely heavy rain. On Wednesday evening and early morning on Thursday, rainfall and wind in the south will gain in intensity. Doksuri is expected to track away from Taiwan starting Friday, leaving clear skies on Saturday. But in the waters to its southeast, another tropical disturbance is brewing with the potential to become a tropical storm by Friday. With Typhoon Doksuri moving in, southern and eastern Taiwan are on high alert. In Pingdong County, tourists were seen rushing back from Liuqiu Island ahead of a three-day ferry suspension. In Kaohsiung City, cleaning crews were in a race against time to drain ditches and remove other flood risks. Over on the East Coast, local government officials went on inspections of pump stations to ensure that all systems are go. Here at the passenger terminal of Donggang's Dongliu Line, the crowd is thinner than usual. We have to make a round trip today because there won't be any boats tomorrow or the day after, so we're returning today. Some were hurrying back to have one last day of fun before the typhoon, but many more were coming back from Liuqiu Island. Typhoon Doksuri is bearing down fast. Starting Wednesday, ferries on the Dongliu Line will be suspended for three days. Seizing the calm before the storm, boat operators were hastening to send supplies to Liuqiu Island. Usually, once the typhoon is announced, they start requesting supplies from Donggang, and the supplies will start to be sent over. Over the past few days, we've sent two to three times the usual volume of supplies. Typhoon Doksuri is headed straight for the south and is set to bring extremely heavy rains. Pingdong's disaster response team issued a level one alert Tuesday morning. The worst of the storm is expected on the morning of Thursday, July 27th. So over the next two or three days, we will be on heightened alert. Turning to Kaohsiung, over at Love River Bay, three inflatable characters were taken down ahead of the storm. They'll be stashed away until Monday. Up in the mountains, transport cages were tested to ensure supplies can be sent to remote tribes if needed. In the mountainous regions, there are some 3,195 at-risk individuals or infrastructure. We have already prepared shelters and finalized the list of at-risk individuals and infrastructure. We'll need to keep track of them. They include roads that collapsed in the past and supply transport installations, such as transport cages. At Kaohsiung's Disaster Response Center, the mayor called an early morning meeting to check that all units were ready for the storm. In low-lying areas prone to flooding, I have asked the Environmental Protection Bureau, the Water Resources Bureau and the Public Works Bureau to clear out roadside ditches and to remove obstructions from main rivers, to remove fallen leaves, garbage and the like. Meanwhile, Hualien City Mayor Wei Jiayan and Yilan County Commissioner Lin Zimiao went on inspections of pump stations to confirm their normal operation. President Tsai Ing-wen has been diagnosed with COVID-19. 
According to a spokesperson, Tsai began to feel unwell, unwell around noon on Tuesday after visiting injured officers in Taipei. She's currently showing mild symptoms only. All of Tsai's afternoon engagements were canceled at the advice of her medical team. Her spokesperson said she'll be updated on state affairs through officials in her administration. The president is 66 years old this year, and it's her first COVID diagnosis. She's had three doses of the Medigen vaccine, with the latest administered one and a half years ago. President Tsai Ing-wen headed to Taipei's Tri-Service General Hospital on Tuesday to visit officers injured in an explosion in Geelong the previous day. Tsai appeared in full swing as she replied to reporters' questions. But shortly after her public appearance, the presidential office announced that Tsai had tested positive for COVID. The president completed her morning engagements. Around midday, she started to feel unwell, and a rapid test she took was positive. The president is currently experiencing mild symptoms and is being cared for by a medical team. Their professional advice is that the president cancel her public itinerary this afternoon. With a typhoon approaching and the one and air raid drills underway, the president had a packed schedule. She was originally due to fly to Tainan to inspect the air raid drills before returning to Taipei to visit the Central Weather Bureau. All of that has been cancelled. On social media, Tsai posted she was doing well. Vice President Lai Qingde left a comment saying, whether it's state affairs or storm preparations, we will continue to stay on top of it. He also wished Tsai a speedy recovery. The president would like to thank everyone for all the concern shown. As the epidemic is quite stable in Taiwan and there are dedicated guidelines for dealing with the disease, the president says her mind is at ease. She will rest for some time, as advised by the medical team, and she will remain updated on the country's affairs through her administrative team. The president is 66 years old, and this is her first COVID infection. She had received three doses of Medigen's COVID vaccine, with the latest administered one and a half years ago. The U.S. is instigating war in the Taiwan Strait. That's the claim that's recently gone viral on TikTok. The social media platform has been flooded with videos featuring pundits critical of the U.S. The talking heads contend that Washington would benefit from a war in the strait, and so it was using Taiwan to start one. Taiwan's foreign ministry has denounced the claim, saying that China was waging a disinformation campaign. Premier Chen Jianren urged the public to not share the videos. He said the government may introduce more legislation for platforms like TikTok in order to combat disinformation. TikTok has been swarming with videos like this, claiming that the U.S. is instigating a conflict in the Taiwan Strait. Mm -hmm. 
Another video features a retired Taiwanese general who's filled with mistrust toward the US. In response, Taiwan's foreign ministry issued a statement. It said that since 2021, such disinformation has circulated on a variety of social media platforms. The ministry condemned the dissemination of lies by China, arguing that the tactic was part of a cognitive warfare campaign. The videos are not circulating on the Chinese version of the platform, Douyin. They are on TikTok, which is the international version. So it's clear that the videos are not meant for domestic consumption. The target is Taiwan. They are using this content to influence the general elections. They create an image of war and danger and feed suspicion against the U.S. They paint the current DPP administration as troublemakers. This is all part of a calculated operation. Biden said, Wait until you see our plan to destroy Taiwan, then you will know. Isn't it horrifying to hear such a thing? And then there's this video by a Chinese social media influencer. He says the U.S. plans to destroy Taiwan. Experts say it's a textbook example of cognitive warfare against Taiwan and part of China's gray zone warfare. The goal is to undermine the trust between Taiwan and the U.S. Premier Chen Jianren said the use of TikTok is banned at all government departments. He also urged the public to be on the alert for disinformation. Foreign forces use media platforms to attack Taiwan with disinformation and wage a cognitive war. More legislation may be needed to limit the download of other media applications. With the 2024 elections approaching, China is once again waging disinformation campaigns in an attempt to divide Taiwan. A new exhibition showcases abstract images shot across Taiwan and around the world. The images are on display now at the National Center of Photography and Images in Taipei. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. These photos were shot by Taiwanese photographer Ran Weiming before taking off on nighttime flights. He uses long exposure photography to document the runway, buildings and cityscapes through his airplane window. The results are vibrant trails of light. At first glance, these photos might look like photos of galaxies and stars, but they are actually raindrops. This is a new exhibition in Taipei showcasing abstract photography. When you see the work, you will definitely want to say, wow, this is such a beautiful starry sky. You may not be able to imagine that they are raindrops transformed into something we can't imagine. The combination of the light and raindrops makes it look like the universe. Uh, from New York. Things I do recognize, you know, like it wasn't in Taiwan. Like I think I saw some photos of like Antelope Canyon in the United States. And it's cool that like this exists in Taiwan, like this museum and I think there's this just free, accessible for anyone to come into. Photos are really interesting. There's a lot of things that you can maybe get out of it emotionally that you wouldn't be able to from a more, you know, real life day to day, maybe like more street photography. These photos are shot by Taiwanese photographer Mike Zhuang. His works were shot at Laomei, depicting the beauty of a coastal village in northern Taiwan. His works was greatly inspired by elements of black ink painting. There are many inspirations from Chinese ink paintings. The scenery does not look like Laomei. It looks like a landscape painting. 
Another photographer, Lin Tianfu, also shot photos along the north coast of Taiwan in Badozi. Using his phone, he captured the geological wonders of coastal textures and rocks that have been there for many years. Lin Tianfu used his mobile phone to shoot Badozi. Everyone thinks that mobile phone art is not a form of art. However, he wants people to see the possibility of a mobile phone. Badozi is one of Taiwan's special terrains. The colors he captures are very conspicuous. In addition, the shape makes it impossible for us to tell that this is an ocean view along the north coast of Taiwan. Aside from photography works, the exhibition is also showcasing installations. This installation looks like a kaleidoscope and was made by scanning different plants and flowers. You may not understand alternative photography. She created this image after putting the plants in a scanner. It is an infinite visual space. The exhibition will be held at the National Center of Photography and Images till July 30th. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Liao Songjun in Taipei. TSMC plans to set up an advanced chip packaging plant amid surging demand for AI chips. The chipmaker has seen skyrocketing demand for its advanced packaging driven by the global AI boom. Its new plant will be based at a science park in Miali's Tonglua Township. Park administrators have approved TSMC's lease and construction is to start in the second half of this year. Vice Premier Deng Wen-chan says TSMC has the government's full support. Let's hear from him. TSMC's investment in COAS, an advanced packaging technology for AI chips, will extend our lead in the semiconductor sector. It positions us to obtain more AI chip orders, generate more impact for the industry, and create job opportunities. The investment will reach 90 billion NT. The Shinju Science Park Bureau has already approved the lease. The new plant is expected to create 1,500 job opportunities. In addition, the Xinzhu Science Park Bureau has earmarked land for TSMC in its Longtan expansion project. 159 hectares will go to TSMC for use as a production base for sub-nanometer processes. Land acquisition for the base is expected to wrap up between 2025 and 2026. In the future, TSMC will be able to house at least five facilities for advanced processes at the Longtan campus. Digital illustrator Chiyo has found fame in Europe, Japan and South Korea for his reworking of classic Taiwanese themes. Most of his illustrations revolve around young women and his latest epic painting of Matsu is no exception. The great Taoist sea goddess is reimagined as a glamorous young lady, complete with maroon fingernail polish. A huge inspection tour painting also depicts many lesser gods of Mazu's retinue and a parade of people taking part in the traditional religious event. This coquettish Matsu has red paint on her fingernails and high heels on her feet. She's charming, intimidating, and stylish as anything. These extravagant paintings upend the classic image of the goddess as a solemn, dignified older woman. Artist Chiyo wanted to blow up the folk traditions around the figure. Matsu has an enormous number of believers, so that made me feel more pressure. How can I find the best form for this work? 
I feel like I really pushed myself to the edge. Chiyo incorporated classic decorative motifs from temple buildings into Matsu's makeup. He brought in dozens of Taiwan's endemic species of flora and fauna. Matsu's throne and crown are wave-shaped, symbolizing her power over the ocean. These two hunks at her side are reincarnations of her heavenly bodyguards Qianliyin and Shunfengler. And many different temple dancers take part in this Matsu inspection tour. With his reimaginings of traditional culture, Chiyo won accolades at Angoulême International Comics Festival in France, one of the world's biggest cartoon festivals. Chiyo's specialty is charming young ladies. He's made a study of girls' high school uniforms from all over Taiwan. These youthful scenes won fans as far afield as Japan and South Korea, where a Korean version was published. The works reflect the atmosphere of contemporary society or the parts that are lost. A creator is actually just a mirror for society. Shiyo's pen reflects a certain bright and eye-catching side of Taiwan, taking traditional tropes and adding a 21st century twist. Hundreds of shipping containers fell into Kaohsiung Harbor last Friday after the sinking of a Palau-flagged cargo ship named Angel. But now, with a storm moving in, it's a race against time to retrieve the containers so that they don't get lost or damaged. Transport Minister Wang Guocai headed south to inspect the operation. Priority is being given to 110 containers at highest risk of washing out to sea. In addition, aerial cameras were used to create a map of the floating containers so that vessels can avoid collisions in the waterway. As for the sunken ship itself, divers were sent to seal the hull and pump up the oil tanks to prevent leakage. The Kaohsiung Port Authority said it would file for compensation from the ship owner. Zhu Zhenan is a Taiwanese contemporary artist specializing in blending Eastern and Western culture, introducing techniques such as ink, painting, and calligraphy in his artworks. Now, Zhu has announced he will donate two of his works to France to boost bilateral ties with Taiwan. One artwork depicts the Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris, while the other is a large calligraphy work with the national model of France. Our reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in for a look. This first piece is La Seine and Notre Dame de Paris. It was created in 2005 by Zhu Zhenan during his one-year artist residence in France. The views of the cathedral from his studio inspired him to create the work. Zhu says the piece is very dear to his heart, and he hopes it can help more people see what the cathedral was like before it sustained serious damage during a fire in 2019. I had been touched by the cathedral in 2005. The fire happened in 2019, 15 years after my painting. Today, I have the opportunity to donate this work to the French government. It's a very encouraging and touching moment for me. His other work is a calligraphy piece, which Chu created this year. It's a Bangshu calligraphy work featuring a Mandarin version of France's national motto of freedom, equality, and fraternity. Du says he hopes to convey his best wishes to France as Paris prepares to host the 2024 Summer Olympics. Du also hopes that donating his two works can strengthen the friendship between Taiwan and France. <laughs> My creation, Liberté, Egalité, Fraternité, reflects the values of France. France's advocacy for freedom, equality and fraternity spread to Europe and the whole world. It gives me a lot of hope. 
I created these six characters as an extension of France's democracy. It is actually not easy to brush characters in such a large size. It is all created on one piece of paper. It's not a collage, so it has to be completed in one go. France representative to Taiwan, Jean-Francois Casabon Massenov, thanked the master artist for his donations. He says talks are underway to exhibit the Le Seine et Notre-Dame de Paris in a gallery next to the cathedral. The envoy says the exchange will help deepen cultural ties between Taiwan and France. J'ai rencontré uh, le maître uh, au début de mon séjour à, à Taipei. Je connaissais l'art. I have known Mr. Zhu Jinnan from the very beginning, ever since I came to Taipei. Mr. Zhu Jinnan's works combine ancient and modern methods. I think that every work of art is given life whenever someone comes to appreciate and view them. If the work is exhibited in the museum next to Notre Dame, people and worshippers from all around the world will see this work and the cultural exchanges between Taiwan and France. The two works will be exhibited at Taipei's Zongshan Hall till August 13th before they are shipped to France. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Han Junhao in Taipei.